Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Danielle Hankenkamp. She, Danielle is an author and freelance writer. She contributes to a variety of media publications discussing faith, family, book reviews, history, politics, and homemaking. Her writings can be found at Crisis Magazine, 1 Peter 5, Catholic Mom, and others, and her view from the home, to name just a few. Uh, she is a wife and mother of six, and today we're going to talk about a recent article that she had, and I think it was in Catholic Exchange, called uh, Minimalism, the Destruction of Christian Society. Danielle, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, appreciate your time. and Appreciate the article because it, it you know, there's so many things that have led to kind of a, a, a post-Christian society. Um, and that, you know, you just bring up another point that, that reminds people uh, that when we, you know, simplify our lives and, and God doesn't become the focus, then that simplification really doesn't help much, does it? Right, exactly. Um, and that's really, and maybe you can just talk about minimalism just in general, just for people who are trying to figure out, you know, what does that mean? So as we go on, at least they'll have a kind of a picture as to what we're talking about. Sure, absolutely. So uh, the the word seems to float around a lot um, on a secular level and then also on a Christian level. And we all, we all can understand it as Christians. Okay, we simplify our life for the purpose of bringing ourselves closer to God. Uh, but with secularization, this term minimalism has been used almost as a trend. And I have seen it in numerous different levels. I've seen it promoted in public school districts. I have seen it promoted in stores. Um, and it almost is a trend just to that jump back on for another thing to make money, which is interesting because it's, it's very ironic with minimalism. Mm-hmm. And the way the world is promoting it now is they're promoting minimalism without a higher purpose. And as Christians, we know our higher purpose is to bring ourselves closer to Christ, to God, and by removing the excess in our life. And sometimes he helps us remove it, and sometimes we remove it ourselves. But I think there needs to be a distinction. What is the world promoting through minimalism and what, what does Christ want us to, how does he want us to move closer to him through simplicity? Yeah. And I think, you know, you talk about in the beginning of the article, really, you know, how, how the world you feel has kind of reached its peak on materialism, right. And and people are starting to uh, not jump onto every single bandwagon. Um, But as you just mentioned, right turning away from material things, hey, that's good. We don't need to be focused on material things, although we do need them. Uh, but if Christ, no matter what we do, if Christ isn't our focus, then really we're not accomplishing anything because we're not drawing closer to Christ. We're really getting further away, aren't we? Right. And we're not only getting further away from him, but we are becoming more self-centered. Because if we're not, if we don't have the purpose of Christ in whatever it is we're doing, growing in virtue, removing materialism from our lives in order to grow closer, then all we are doing is focusing more on ourselves and our emotions. And as beautiful as emotions are, because they were given to us by God, they can also be used incorrectly. And so 
if we remove things, remove material goods or, you know, give things away, are we doing it for the purpose of bringing ourselves closer to Christ? Are we doing it for the purpose of making ourselves feel better? And of course, we, it's natural to feel better about doing good things. But have we missed the point of it all? And are we creating a void between us and God? Well, you know, it, it, you know it's a great reminder that intent matters, right? We can do something good, but if we don't do it for the right reason, then in God's eyes, that's not something that's, you know, going to be rewarded or, you know, looked upon as, you know, a selfless act. But if we're doing it because we want to be feel, feel better, we want to become popular or whatever it is. So our intent really drives whether what we do is virtuous or not, doesn't it? Correct. Yep, exactly. And, and sometimes we get caught up it's natural to get caught up in our emotions and ourselves, but ultimately we should be striving to become closer to God. And with that intent, as we will become closer eventually. Well, and if we don't, then we see kind of what the world has become, right? You talked about self-focus, right? I mean, is there, uh, you know, we haven't lived in other centuries, but it's hard to imagine there was a more narcissistic society than what we have right now where, People can't, you know, if you look at them cross-eyed, you know, their th- their skin is so thin, they they go off the rails. So it, it's almost like everybody's walking on thin ice, just waiting for it to crack because, you know, people are really on the edge, aren't they? Right. It, it's very true. And it it's very ironic with this push so much towards minimalism, um, simplicity, simplicity on a worldly view, that we still as a society have not been able to um, reinvigorate the need for community and the need that God created us to be social beings. And we're still not there yet from what we previously, previously were generations ago. We haven't reached that yet. I do think with things that happened in 2020 during the difficulties that were going on, I think people started going back to roots and traditions and trying to find family time more. Um, But again, it's easy to get caught up in the world and everything going on now that things are feeling back to normal. So there is definitely a revival out there of desiring simplicity and traditions, but seeking it on a spiritual level through God. Well, and that's, that's the thing, right? When we turn away from the world and we turn away from materialism, it does give us time. Right? And we get to decide what we're going to do with the time. And spending time with family is great. right? That's what we're supposed to do. But if we spend time with family and God's not included, it's like in our marriage, right? If, if God's not one of the three, a husband, wife, and, and, and our Lord, then it's, it's never going to bond the way it should. It's never going to mature and grow the way it should. And that's the same with us, right? If we have this extra time on our hands, you know, the world will give us plenty of things to fill it with. But if if Christ isn't in the forefront, uh, and we see it right in the destruction of family, families are under assault, and unfortunately, many aren't putting up a fight; they're just buying into these lies, and you know it just creates a catastrophe. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I think I think we were given a tremendous opportunity by God in the events of the past three, four years to. Uh, refocus on what we need to. And even those of us who have a solid foundation, really refocus on family. What is our purpose? Our purpose is ultimately to help our spouses and our children 
and our family and friends to become saints, right? We're all supposed to help each other through the communion of saints to get to heaven. And so I have seen how beautiful it is that people are re-recognizing that and trying to get priorities back in order, in order to grow closer to God. Well, I mean, that's where happiness and joy and, and, and those things are found. And if we keep trying to look in all these different places, right? I mean, you just look at the, you know, the sexual depravity that's going on that, that promises this, you know, this joy, this this happiness that that leads people to despair and, you know, suicide attempts. I mean, we see all these things on the rise uh, and God's still there knocking, saying, hey, I'm here. And you know, hopefully eventually people will will turn because in the end, there is no other option. It's either God or it's not. And um, if we are lights and, and, and modeling and not and not for, uh, you know, self-satisfaction or for people to witness or, uh, you know, say something to us. But if we do it in a genuine way, right, it will attract these people who are looking to fill what how do I fill that void in my life? Right, exactly. And there really there really isn't a middle ground. And I think the world makes us think that there is. We can you can kind of have it all. It's you know, it's the saying that's been going on for decades now, unfortunately, and even pushed more so so towards women. You can have it all. But you can't have it all. And um ultimately what you want to have is God and you have to pick a side. And by picking a side, you're choosing truth and you're choosing love and you can then portray that to other people and help them fill that void that, you know, materialism will eventually give a void because you will never get enough. You will never have enough. You get the short joys of it. And that is the problem with minimalism too, is you can keep doing your decluttering and you can give things away and make yourself feel better for a moment, but that's about it. Yeah, and yet you bring up a good point. Um, and I'm just going to read this this couple sentences that you put. You know, the concept of beauty in the modern world has been distorted. Very few women are referred to as beautiful anymore. And you ask, is this a result of a society lacking in virtue? Well, we know it is definitely lacking in virtue, unfortunately. Uh, is this the result of men no longer respecting femininity? Or is this result of feminism pushing its own form? Uh, a beauty for decades, right? And I think it's all of the above. And we see the attack on women is really uh, palpable. And it's hard to imagine that even, you know, those on the left have gone so far that they don't even care about women anymore, whether it's in the bat restroom or in sports or whatever it is, women are objectified. And, and we see the how society spins out of control when men or and women uh, are, are not viewed as, you know, the gifts of God that they are. Exactly. It was really important for me to address that because I once heard um, a spiritual talk by Monsignor Bach, and he, he said, when, when do we see beautiful people? And he said, we see beautiful people when we are thinking of God, when we see God in them. And, and it's very, very true. And the most of society is no longer bringing themselves closer to God. So all they're trying to do is to become equal to what the world standards are. And those standards are so low. And it's very sad to see young women and young men not raising themselves up because they don't have something to look up to right now. Well, you also talk, 
you know, whether it's architecture, whether it's art, right? Really, we, I mean, you can look back, you know, in the 70s, you go to a Catholic church that was built in the 70s and you're like, oh my gosh. I mean, other than, <laughs> other than, the, other than the tabernacle where Jesus resides, I mean, it looks like, it looks like a train wreck. I mean, and you go into a church that was built, you know, in 1890 and you see the beauty. We, we have, not only scrubbed it, but we've, you know, put bleach on, on beauty to try to erase it. And I, you know, I don't, I'm not sure to what end. Right, exactly. And I think what's really important is that we have to remember that through all those little details in churches, parishes, throughout centuries, they created these beautiful pieces of art for God. It was for God. And and yes, it was for us to see because God created us as visual beings and we need to use all of our senses, whether it's through the music or through the artwork or whatever it is. But the church was very, very smart in knowing we needed all of that. We cannot just use one or two senses. It It, it will diminish our growth spiritually. And so when we diminish our parishes into these very minimalistic ideas that are become arenas at some point, it lowers our standards again. We want to we want to bring ourselves up to God and how do we do that in a very whitewashed building? So when you talk about a low bar, I mean you can walk over it. And I don't know if you feel like you've accomplished anything, but that's that's really where it seems like the bar is. And you talk about, you know, restoring tradition, which is ironic when I'm reading it, because we see even the church, right, almost, you know, through the Vatican and, and Pope Francis attacking the traditional Latin mass and, and, and talking negatively about tradition, like, you know what, that's fine, but it's in the rearview mirror. We're going to move forward, ignoring that beauty and that, that faithfulness and that, uh, you know, the, the real sense of, of Christ. And even the church itself has bought into this minimalism that that's encompassing the world, it seems like. It has. And I, I think that's what a frustration is for a lot of lay Catholics and probably for priests, too, is that the hierarchy of the church has tended to move towards secularism and modernism instead of, you know, saying, the church, this is the truth. This is what God gave us. So let's bring it up. Let's bring society up to the truth. And it's very hard to watch something you love so much, the Catholic, the, the teachings of the Catholic church. And it's been, the teachings aren't, but some of the people are bringing down some of the beauty, which is then pushing other people away because there no longer is that beauty to draw those people in towards God. Well, and you talked about, you know, before, right, we're supposed to help other be- others become saints, right, to help people get to heaven. And when you look at, you know, this kind of thumbing our nose at tradition, or at least a significant portion of it, right, if you think about it, that's when most of the saints were alive during these traditional, you know, beautiful ages of the beautiful artwork and the beautiful churches and the devotions. Uh, so we're really, I don't know how we think we're going to create a bunch more saints washing away what's created many more saints. Right, exactly. And I, I think that's something that definitely needs to be discussed because we can quote Catherine of Siena and we can quote Teresa of Lisieux and, and St. Francis de Sales and Francis of Assisi and how amazing, but, but what really 
what really held them. It was the traditions. It was, it was the beauty. It was the reverence. It was the adoration before God. And, and it wasn't making the churches so minimalistic that it was void. It almost feels void sometimes of God when it's too simple because, because it doesn't uplift our minds. Our minds are simple. We're very, very simple creatures. We need to be brought up. I happen to be at a, at a parish, at a church that has, you know, the side altars, mercifully, you know, it was a scrub in the 70s. And I had somebody after mass, you know, a month or so ago, come to me and say, what, what are those things under the statues of Joseph and Mary? And I had to explain to them side altars and how they were, I mean, there, there was no, I mean, it was like I was talking Chinese. They looked at me like I had three heads. They had no idea, like, why would you have three altars in a church? That doesn't make any sense. So I tried to explain it to them. But people, you know, when you scrub all this tradition, then people don't even know about it, right? It's 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 not even something that's, you know, remotely, uh, you know, in their radar. And so it's hard to, you know, blame people who have never been taught when, when the church itself scrubs these things. How are they going to know, right? It's, it right. makes it even more difficult for people, because you walk into a beautiful church, it just changes your whole demeanor. Exactly. It's, it's true. And, and they, you can't blame people for that. There's been decades and decades of this going on and it's, it's past that point, but we're at a point now where we can, we can really start bringing people to see what true beauty is because the world has become so low (laughs) in so many of its standards that people now, they don't even realize how much they're thirsting for this. They're, they're seeking the truth. And everyone all comes to it at different levels by the grace of God. But this is where those of us who have been given the gift of really understanding the tradition or being exposed to it and studying it can then help expose other people to it. Well, it reminds me, when our, our daughter, uh, we went for uh, a visit to our daughter who's in the convent. And uh, she said, you know, Dad, we, we were out somewhere and these people came up to us looking at us like we just came from Mars. And the lady said, I didn't even know they had sisters anymore. Oh, my goodness. And she just like shook her head. She's like, oh, my gosh. But, you know, you have the nuns on the bus, right? They got rid of the habits and. Uh, so, you know, the, the whitewashing has taken place in many forms, but this was, you know, this was just like a year or two ago when they were like, I didn't even know there were sisters. I mean, they looked at her like, um, she was going to a costume party. So I think that, you know, to your point, right. When you, when you do these things and change, uh, this beautiful tradition, people are, are dumbfounded when, when it's brought to their attention that, oh yeah, this this was the way it was, or this is how it still is. It's, it, it's really sad for people not to know that because that's kind of what, you know, helps build us and helps us grow in our faith is these great traditions that, that all focus us on Christ. Right. It, and it makes us, we're not alone. And that's the beauty of it is that there were so many souls that came before us that helped build this. And why wouldn't we it, it confuses me that for for so many decades recently that it was wanted to be they wanted to destroy or limit it or do something to it to not push it to the next generation and 
And that it's so sad because ultimately we all seek to be connected, whether it's through our heritage or through our religion. And it's almost society now wants to remove all of that. It wants to remove our culture that we came from, our religion. And we need those because that's what makes us, that's what ties us to each other. And I did have someone tell me, this is a while ago, that they were so saddened, but even more so, so upset that they were never exposed to the tradition and the teachings in depth of the church. And and they said they were actually upset at the church for how it had brought everything down. And she had a beautiful um, thought afterwards. And she said, I had to let it go. I had to be the one to help bring it back up. And I think that's the only way this is going to happen is by each of us being a good example and bringing society back up. I've spent the first, you know, 20 some minutes just like bashing everything that's going on because it's true. Uh, But, you know, what do you, you know, as a mother of six, and so how do you make sure that this minimalism, this whitewashing of tradition doesn't uh, seep seep into your family? What do you guys do and what can other families do to make sure that tradition is held out in front and that this minimalism of, of simplifying our lives leads us to a greater focus on Christ. Right. So I, I was blessed and I, um, I have a very good foundation um, in the Catholic faith. We always attended the Latin mass. And so what, what is new for a lot of people was the dorm for me growing up. And so I was exposed to side altars and always having the tabernacle in the middle. And the reason why we have, why do we have stained glass windows that depict stories of, from the Bible or from the rosary or saints? So that, that it has been, I, by the grace of God, it has been easier for me to pass that down to my children because I was already exposed to that. But I do have a lot of friends that weren't. And so they have just been so enamored with reading and liturgical living. And, and I, and it can it be overwhelming also because I have mom friends that say, Oh, I can't celebrate all the saints feast days. Well, of course you can't celebrate all the feast days. We also have to live life. And so for us, our family, all of our boys have the name Joseph in a middle name or a first name. And so we always celebrate St. Joseph's feast day really, really big. Um, we always try to discuss the seasons based on the liturgical seasons, uh, more so than on a secular level. And for minimalism with our children, we really try to value, let's use what God has given us. And we always, we always refer to it, God gave this to us. Because even we work hard and all of that, God gave it to us. He gave us the ability for our health and Um, We are able to work hard and earn money. So we always remind our children, okay, before we're going to buy something new or used or bring anything into our house, let's see if we can reuse something. And it, it does teach the value of money. And then it also teaches our children, oh, I want to, my 14 year old, she just got a job. So she realizes that she wants to work hard. She wants to save her money up so she can also then become an adult and grow up. And I think she, but we've also talked to her about, 
yeah, you know, these fashions are beautiful, you know, not beautiful, but there's lots of fashions that offer to be offered out there, but it's a throwaway culture. And so really think about when you want a new dress, first of all, do you need the new dress? And second of all, let's, let's maybe save a little bit more, more money to get a better quality that'll last you a while. So things through that, like that we do with the kids. Yeah, and and you know, emphasizing modesty, right? Which can be hard in, right. in, when you're not buying clothes. I'm sure it was tough when uh, when our daughter was growing up. Even you know, you know, she's in her 30s now. But even back then, it was hard finding clothes that were appropriate. But I think you're, what your point is great that you know everything's a gift, and everything's a gift from God. And if we don't appreciate it and humble ourselves and realize. It's not what we did. It's what he's given us. And even the gifts that he's given us to be able to buy material things, it, it really does change the focus and it puts him out in front where he should be. Right. 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 Exactly. And it it helps. It, I think it really helps children understand that they need to figure out what talents did God give you? And what does he want you to do with those talents? And ultimately, those talents need to help lead yourself and other souls to heaven. So by keeping all of that in mind and, and, you know, talking about it with children at an appropriate age, very simplest, simple when they're younger up to older, having, we have have great discussions with my daughter about discussing, you know, what can you do? What job could you do? And then what degree are you going to have? And then what if you get married, you know, things like that. And by focusing on our talents that are all graces from God that we are given and we need to find what he wants us to do with them for his glory. It's not for our glory because ultimately we're hoping to get to heaven. So it's all for his glory. Yeah. Well, when we look at our glory, we, 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 we see what that manufactures. So we don't want to go that route. Uh, We're down to about the last uh, 20, 30 seconds. How can people follow what you're doing and, and the articles you're putting out? I know you just put one out on the importance of, of women and that type of thing. How do people follow what you're doing? Um, I actually don't have a website right now, but you could, I'm oftentimes on one Peter five or crisis magazine. I'm pretty frequently on Catholic mom um, for articles. So if you just type in my name, I'm sure a bunch of the articles will pop up. Well, Danielle, really appreciate your time and the, and the article and the conversation because it, it hopefully it'll spark some interest in people that, uh, They'll look a little bit deeper than just skin deep. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.